and welcome to Sip Sip Hooray, the podcast where the wine is chilled and the conversation is chill. In fact, we hope you have a chilled glass of Chardonnay with you because you're going to want it. Our guest today is Chardonnay royalty. Rob Lloyd is known as the king of California Chardonnay, and we're so thrilled to have him with us today. We are the two Marys who like to eat, drink, and be merry. I am Mary Babbitt. And I am the other Mary, Mary Orlin, and we are thrilled to have Rob with us today. So if you've ever had a glass of Rombauer Chardonnay, and honestly, who hasn't, or La Crema, you may not know the name behind the label, but you're going to get to know him today. Rob Lloyd has made wine with these very amazing wineries. He's also been the winemaker with Jessup Cellars and Handwritten, also in Napa Valley. And now he is proprietor, along with his wife, Bonnie, of his own label, Lloyd Cellars and Prescription, which hopefully you have seen in the marketplace. And if not, you're going to want to go look for it after this podcast. So Rob, welcome to Sip Sip Hooray. Happy to be here with you ladies. We're so glad to have you, and I am enjoying a lovely glass of Lloyd Chardonnay, and it's just delicious. So um, thank you for making this for me. It's just so good. (laughs) I always like to start off, Rob, with how you got to where you are today. And I know I was reading, you went to UC Irvine, and I was thinking about that because you got an economics degree there. And I was wondering if you could rewind what do you think when you were getting that economics degree, you're 20, 21 years old, what were you thinking you were going to do with that degree when you were an anteater way back when? Oh, uh, you know, back at Irvine, I was more interested in cute blondes. <laughs> um, you know, luckily, I, I came to Napa and found one to my wife. But yeah, you know, when I was in Irvine, I you know did a five-year program because I was living on the sand in uh, Newport Beach and, um, you know, kind of knew that type of life wasn't going to get to to last forever. But the economics degree was I was looking at going into sales. My father was a CEO and um, I, I, you know, my family was not from Napa. So I was definitely not playing when I was at Irvine. I I had no idea that I'd get to do something this much fun for a lifetime. So how did wine come into the picture? Uh, Well, my mom, um, when I went to college uh, my mom and younger brother moved up to napa um she used to manage the napa fairgrounds and um yeah so i came up one summer my best friend uh growing up in central california where where i went to high school his grandfather just happened to be joe valerga uh, that they owned a chain of grocery stores here in napa and so we we worked in a grocery store one summer and uh, on our days off, um, I, I, you know, I don't know if I can get in trouble for saying I had a fake ID back then, but we would go wine tasting. And, you know, I, I was just amazed. I was like, this is just such an incredible place. And it'd be fun to come back um, after I graduate you know, and learn a little bit about wine before I get a real job. I think we're probably past the statute of limitations on that fake ID. So no worries. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> oh, good. So yeah, your wine career started in tasting rooms. Am I right? Yeah, I, you know, I, I came up and I had the economics degree and uh, my mom knew someone that had just started working at cake bread and, um, you know, they had a job opening part-time in the tasting room. And so, and I, I loved cake bread, Sauv Blanc. Um, and so started there and that, that day two, they were complaining they needed night shift help. And since I was 22, I said, I could do both and, and did both. And that was really where I kind of, I mean, I had no idea what I was doing, 
but I sure had a lot of fun. Um, and, and I really kind of started to find that I like the idea of making things almost better than selling things. Terrific. And so at Cake Bread, I mean, they are known well for their Sauvignon Blanc, but also their Chardonnay. Did that have any influence on you? Uh, you know, I mean, I, I definitely liked their you know, Chardonnay quite a bit. Um, definitely, you know, drank a lot um, of it over the years. But, you know, it really was more, you know, I, I was only there for about four months. They didn't have a full-time job. And um, I, I went over to Stag's Leap Wine Cellars, who I, I love Stag's Leap District Cabernets. Um, and, uh, you know, that was really, I, I badgered the, the winemaking staff. Um, you know, Rick Aldean was the vineyard manager, and I, I made him take me out. And I just asked a million questions. And it was there that, you know, while I was interviewing for a job selling passive electronic components that I, I really don't even know what passive electronic components are, but I was going to sell them. <laughs> but, you know, I, that was where, you know, during an interview, someone said, what are you doing now? Spent 10 minutes talking about how, where you grow the grapes, when you pick, um, you know, how you ferment the temperature, you know, everything. They said, well, why are you interviewing with me? And I said, I don't want to. And, um, you know, basically hopped in my car and drove up to Davis, uh, started badgering Roger Bolton into, please let me into this program. Well, lucky for us that you chose that path. Absolutely. Okay. So kind of give us the highlights. So it was cake bread, stag's leap. And then well, what came next? Was it La Crema? Well, after um, I had to leave Stag's Leap to go back to school full time, you know, having a degree in economics and business management, uh, didn't have many chemistry classes. Um, so I spent about two and a half years taking background chemistry classes while working at Stag's Leap um, and then had to leave to go to, to school full time. So um, at Davis, I did an internship with Kent Rasmussen, which was great because it was a neat small winery and just a really nice man and, and family. And then upon graduating, I, I graduated the next day, uh, got married to Bonnie, uh, and we left on our honeymoon and came back to, uh, you know, Bonnie getting to learn what a crush widow is. <laughs> wait, wait, you have to t describe what is a crush widow? Oh, so, you know, during harvest, it's long hours and seven days a week. And, you know, that first job was at La Crema, and we were living in an apartment in Napa. Um, so we spent you know, a month and a half on our honeymoon. Uh, we traveled throughout Europe, saw some friends that uh, own wineries in Switzerland and, and France and just, I mean, really had a nice time spent every minute together. But then we come home and for uh, two and a half months, I came home one night uh, a week uh, and was working kind of 15 hour days at La Crama during harvest. And so Crush Widow is, you know, you kind of lose your husband or your wife uh, for about two months during harvest. Nice. Welcome to marriage, right? <laughs> yeah, and exactly. Luckily, every harvest, you know, it seems to be getting a little easier and a, and a little better and, and a little, little bit fewer islands. So, you know, it's just at, at least I'm home every night. <laughs> That's nice. So after La Crema, where did you go next? Um, from La Crema, it was there about two and a half years and really wanted to come back to Napa and um, Rombauer was just starting to grow. And so, um, they had a position as assistant winemaker, went there for almost eight years and just kind of grew with them and had a, a really neat time. And, and I had worked with, um, you know, some growers, both at La Crema and at Rombauer. And so after about eight years with Bonnie, you know, having to listen to me complain, saying, I kind of want to do my own thing. Um, she really kind of, you know, shoved me out the door. And in 2008, we started Lloyd Sellers and started consulting for 
for other wineries. So was it scary to take that leap out of, of having a secure job with a very well-known winery and going out on your own? Uh, my father thought I was a little crazy, um, but luckily he's known I was crazy my whole life. Um, but it, it was <laughs> it was Bonnie that you know really had that belief, you know, and kind of us being able to do this. She'd always had an you know, always kind of been an entrepreneur. She had you know started a, a dog walking, actually the second one in San Francisco, dog walking pet sitting business. So when we met, she already had her own business, and it was like, well, let's do this. You know, we can do it. And I, I definitely wouldn't have. I, I'm not uh, I'm not as as risky as she is, but you know, she was like, we can do this. And I'm glad that she shoved me out the door because uh, it's worked out really well for us. Well, launching your own label is not for the faint of heart. And you uh, had the benefit of coming out with this really hard-earned and well-deserved reputation from Rombauer and the other places where you worked. Um, What made you, how did you decide that, okay, we want to put our own signature on a wine or a a winery? And what is that signature? How did you want to uh, differentiate yourself from Rombauer, where you had become so, well, famous for lack of a better word for really crafting their taste which is like so super duper popular well they're they're you know before me you know greg graham was a winemaker there and, and i think you had uh, solitude that was a custom crush client at rombauer you know those guys really kind of you know i think pioneered that big rich california style um and then you know when when i left you know i'd worked with the san giacomo family um, both at La Crema and at Rombauer. And, you know, th- those guys knew I was sleeping before Turner did. Uh, hopefully I don't get the boys in trouble. But, um, you know, it, it just, <laughs> yeah, they were able to get me. I'd worked with so many different lots and knew kind of how I wanted to craft. You know, my thought was I love the home ranch for the body and green acres. Um, that's a block very close, but it gives off more of a green apple, a little bit more tart. And I always thought, you know, boy, if I could just combine these two, you know, I think that I could make what I consider kind of a classic, perfect, you know, big, rich California shard. And I've always loved to drink big, rich California shard. And some people don't. But I think if you got a guy making it that likes drinking it, too, um, it's kind of like the chef that likes to eat his own food. Don't trust a skinny chef. <laughs> um, the tart flavor profile that you bring to it. Uh, I, I think that that adds a nice balance. And um, do, do you feel like that's a a signature thing of your wine? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I like, I want the big rich California shard, but it needs to have an acid balance. I mean, the, you know, on the finish, you know, I, I want that finish to leave you kind of wanting to take another sip, you know, and we always joke about passing the bottle test and that's, you know, you and your wife are get down to the last sip and it's like, yeah, let's open one more. Let's have one more glass. You know, we want to pass that <laughs> bottle test and, and we do. I love that. So, you know, you, you. I want to know how your winemaking style evolved beyond um, when you got to Lloyd Cellars. You know, what was it that you were really able to pursue and do that is uniquely yours? Well, I mean, you know, that's the fun thing about wine. And that's why I fell in love with it is, you know, again, where the grapes are grown, when you pick. I mean, the San Giacomas do a neat tasting where, you know, they'll have four wineries kind of in the same block and you can try. You know, and, and sometimes some of those pick dates are three weeks or a month, you know, different. And so as, as the grapes continue to ripen, you get, you know, different flavors, different sugar levels, you know, which it, it lead to different, you know, alcohol amounts. And then there's the barrels. So, you know, really, you know, when I left, I mean, Lloyd Shard, you know, I do make it different than I've made any other Chardonnay. And it really is kind of what you know, 
we love, but the, the beauty is every year presents different challenges and that's what makes it so fun. I want a consistent style, but you know, I'm always kind of learning and always, you know, kind of tweaking. You just never know how fast the ferment's going to go, how fast, you know, the secondary malolactic fermentation is going to go. So you're always kind of tweaking and playing and, and, and I don't get bored. For me, I love that. I mean, that's really why I fell in love with winemaking. Oh, that's terrific. So, Rob, most winemakers, or many of them anyway, um, really stake their reputations on red wines, but you really have staked your reputation on white wine. And um, I love that because I actually prefer white wines over reds if it's just up to me. Um, that's what I'm reaching for first. And um I'd love to hear your opinion on kind of where the importance of white wine, especially in California. You know, I mean, white wine to me just screams summer, um, you know, relaxing, you know, warm weather. And that's kind of what California is. I mean, I, I've grown up all over California and, and loved everywhere. I definitely loved Napa the most. But, you know, white wine definitely, you know, has its... Um, you know, kind of own style, own, own flavors. And, um, you know, I, I make a lot, actually, it's funny, I make a lot more red wines than I do whites. But, you know, over the years, you know, between, you know, the Jessup and handwritten Saw Blancs or, you know, the Lloyd Shard, I definitely have gotten to be known more for a, a white wine guy. So it is pretty funny, but it's definitely true. And I, I embrace, it. I mean, I, I, you know, normally, um, you know, I'm going to have a friend over tonight and we'll start out with a Lloyd Shard and we'll probably move into a little bit of Pinot also. Yeah, one of your uh, wines under the Lloyd label is a Pinot Noir. Tell us why you decided to go with that varietal as something that you wanted to showcase with Lloyd. Uh, you know, I, I I think it goes back to someone asking uh, Warren Winyarski at Stag's Leap, you know, why you planted Cabernet. And he said, well, it's what I like to drink. And if, you know, I can't sell it, I'm going to have to drink it. Um, <laughs> and so, and I, I, love, I love Pinots. And you know, I, I, I make Carneros Pinots for other people, but, um, you know, I really love Santa Rita Hills Pinot and that, so that's where we make ours. I mean, I needed to have, you know, we did a, a two vintages of Lloyd Shard before we made a Pinot with me trying to find a site that I thought worked. And, uh, you know, I just, I, I really love the Santa Rita Pinots. You get that kind of spicy, brambly flavor and, and it makes a little bit bigger, darker wine. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I needed something to stand up to, you know, giant rich California shard for Lloyd. There it's outstanding. Go. I've really, really enjoyed the Lloyd Pinot that I tasted it was so darn good. It, it's it's a perfect partnership with wine. You, I love both of the styles. But then when we um, talk about prescription, you've also got Chardonnay there, and, but you um, are doing Cabernet Sauvignon under the prescription label. Yeah, we, you know, I've, I've worked with uh, some Cabernet vineyards I've liked a lot. And, uh, you know, there's one particular up in Alexander Valley that, um, that I really like, and it was just a perfect, you know, kind of foil to go along with the, uh, Chardonnay that we make under prescription. And we're trying to make those wines at, at a little bit lower price point, you know, so that you can, we can make you know, a Monday through Thursday wine and then the Friday, Saturday wines. I like that. In fact, I was just going to ask you, how would you describe the differences between these two brands that you're doing? So your weekday wine is prescription. And uh, tell me about that. Let's say just do a flavor comparison between the prescription Chardonnay and the Lloyd Chardonnay. So the, the prescription Chardonnay, the grapes grown by James Reamer up in uh, Clarksburg. And, um, you know, the, when we're picking those, we're picking them at a little bit less uh, bricks or sugar level. 
um, and, and they're fermented in stainless steel uh, you know, with some oak adjunct. So we're really kind of, you know, trying to show off that, you know, really pretty bright fruit. And we're not, you know, it's a big Chardonnay for that style, but, um, you know, it's not as big as the Lloyd. The Lloyd's all, you know, barrel fermented and, uh, you know, special little cold rooms. And that that being able to ferment in the barrels, you get that micro-oxygenation. It just really kind of fattens up the wine. So they're different, but you definitely can tell it's kind of, you know, the same, uh, you know, goofy blonde guy making the wines. <laughs> Well, speaking of goofy, I, I think your prescription labels are super fun, and um, I'd like to know the inspiration behind them. Obviously, prescription, to me, you're referring to um, a medical prescription you might get at a pharmacy, and I love that on the label it says, take two and call us in the morning. Yep. Yeah, we, it, it, prescription was, you know, my wife and I um, actually met, uh, the first thing I asked her was, you know, I'm making a Jack and Coke for myself, would you like one? So we both happen to like whiskey. And so prescription was a name that we were going to use um, for doing a whiskey um, when we wanted to do a, a, you know, another label um, for Lloyd at a different price point. Really, I just wanted to work with James again. Uh, he's a grower that I'd worked with for years and really liked. Um, and, and another term for prescription is recipe. And it used to drive me crazy when people were like, well, do you know the recipe of La Crema? Do you know the recipe of, you know, Rombauer? Do you know the recipe of this winery? And, you know, there really isn't a recipe. There's always a style, but that's where the name came from. It's, you know, kind of, you know, being known for a certain style of Chardonnay. And that's what we were going to do. Um, and then, you know, once we kind of had the prescription, we definitely started, um, you know, having fun with, uh, having fun with the label. And Bond was a part of um, working on the label with Christian, uh, that's the label designer that we used. And, and I think the two of them, you know, really did a great job on the label. Super fun. And might we see a whiskey label sometime in the future? Uh, if Bonnie has any say, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that she's the great. one that is the, uh, the real adventure, adventurous spirit and pushes you. Um, what a nice partnership the two of you have. It's, it's been a very, very fun partnership. And, um, you know, I got like, very lucky, got to marry my best friend and, and even luckier that she's very cute. So it's, um, it, it's, it's fun. Bonnie, I hope you're listening and loving this. Um, <laughs> hey, let's talk about the last year. Not that, I mean, I think everyone kind of wants to forget the past year of COVID and move on, but how did it impact you guys and what you're doing both with Lloyd and prescription? Was this, um, a forgettable year? Was it, did it end up being a good year? What was, how did COVID, COVID impact you guys and um, how did you respond to it? You know, we, I think we're lucky and we're, we're a three tier brand. So all the wines are out and being distributed. And even though, um, you know, guy in California, about 40% of Lloyd is uh, sold to restaurants. Um, we sold more wine uh, in 2020 than in 2019. Um, so it's, you know, we, we, you know, I definitely feel fortunate, um, you know, we definitely are, you know, a little family brand cause it's Bonnie and I, and, um, we have, uh, someone doing sales for us and he just happens to be my, um, fraternity buddy from UC Irvine. That is also our youngest daughter, Arden's godfather. So, um, he's been out, you know, and, and for the first time he wasn't traveling, but he's done a very good job and continue to make sure that, you know, that the wines were getting in front of people and that and we were able to, you know, sell more wine than the year before that's fantastic that's um and you mentioned one daughter now you have two daughters is that correct 
Yes, Grace is our oldest, uh, 19, and Arden is our youngest at 16. And, um, you know, have uh, another, you know, blonde female dog named Belle. So it's me and the girls in the house. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's great. And you think that they might want to go into the wine business, follow in your footsteps? I, you know, I'll be curious. I, I, I was very fortunate. My um, father, uh, you know, played professional basketball. I was an All-American in college. I didn't like basketball uh, and I was very fortunate. My father didn't, you know, push me into it. I was a swimmer in water polo and I kind of have the same idea with our girls, you know, and I never want to push them, but it'll be fun to see. They've grown up with the wine business. They've grown up, you know, with their dad having a lot of fun. Um, you know, they, they both, you know, have grown up being able to have you know, a little finger taste of wine. And, and it's fun to see, you know, my oldest grace. I remember, um, you know, since we're doing a podcast, we've got some time. But my youngest or my oldest, Grace, I took her up for a weekend tasting when I was at Rombauer. And um, there was a, a eight women uh, that were probably about mid-30s. And uh, they said, well, how do you know what wine tastes like? And so I handed a barrel sample to Grace. and said, Grace, smell this and tell me what you think. She said that it smells like apples and popcorn and pears and, you know, pineapples and, you know, the one of the women in the back, you know, swore. And I said, Hey, I got my you know, five-year-old daughter here. And she said, yeah, but your five-year-old knows more about wine than I do. So <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be, I'll be curious to see what they do. But, uh, you know, as of right now, we're just trying to, you know, you know, get them through uh, high school and, and find a great college for them to go to. Sure. Well, um, since you were at Rumbauer, um, I have to ask you about this. A, a good friend of mine texted me last night about he had just gone out to dinner and ordered wine. He said, and I know you're going to, you know, give me grief about the wine I ordered, but I did it. I got Rumbauer. I love the big California Chardonnay. I love that it's called Cougar Juice. And I just want to know what you think and how you feel when you hear people say it's Cougar Juice. Well, you know, Richie's, Richie, uh, who's a, a friend and he's the winemaker there for many years now after I left. Um, I, he does a great job, and that is, you know, I'm not going to get myself any, any trouble describing what Cougar <laughs> Juice is, but you know, I, I still, the, the, the Danville crack, that was the one that, you know, probably made me laugh. <laughs> oh, I hadn't heard that one. <laughs> I like yeah. that. that. That was a woman, woman called me, and uh, or actually she didn't call me, a wine shop called and said that this woman is crying, and I said, I'm sorry, why is she crying? And he said, because... She promised her guests that they'd have Rombauer Chard and Silver Oak Cabernet, and we're sold out. Can you help? And I said, I we're sold out. I, I don't know. Why are you calling me? I'm, you know, at the time I think I was the assistant winemaker. They said, Well, what are you putting in this? Are you putting crack cocaine in here? I mean, this woman's crying. <laughs> oh my god! And held the phone, and she was honestly sobbing. And no way. Yeah. So I, and he that so that was the first time the damn little crack was nice. He, he literally said that and and i went up to kerner's house and asked if she could have two cases from his own personal collection because she wouldn't stop crying at the store oh my word that's amazing and he he was the founder um who you're talking about right yes yeah kerner rombauer um, really a nice man he passed away a few years ago unfortunately wow so rob i think i heard somewhere that you might drive a car. Your love of Chardonnay goes as far as your automobiles even. You drive a car with a license plate, I want to say Shard powered? Yeah, we, we actually have a 10-person van 
um, that, you know, we use to kind of take people around and, you know, even to take them up to Jessup and handwritten. And um, it, the, the shard powered was from uh, a friend that when we were 16 years old, um, he decided to put a license plate frame uh, that said Coors Power. Yeah. Um, and about a month later, <laughs> oh, um, a month later, he lost his license uh, because he was Coors Powered. Um, but so it was kind of an homage to him. I mean, not, not the smartest thing back then, but and I think we always look back to kind of, you know, when we were younger uh, and kind of laugh at ourselves. So Shard Powered <laughs> was us laughing at each other being 16. That's a little funny. wink to the Coors Powered. Exactly. I love that. Ha- now, has, has your Shard Powered van been pulled over by any chance? Uh, luckily, no, but um, luckily also we have uh, two young boys that are uh, sons of some of our friends that, uh, and the, the two of them have been working a lot to harvest for us, uh, kind of learning the wine business. So when they're not, uh, you know, up in Jessup or handwritten tasting room on the weekends or working for me at the winery, they're driving the van. Love it. That's such a funny story. Thanks for that. Shard powered. I love it. <laughs> uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, Rob, is I know that you and Bonnie are music fans and have managed to kind of weave some love of music into what you're doing in terms of marketing and how you support music. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? And also, I guess you, like me, are probably hoping that we get back to some live music this summer and fall. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know, we, Bon and I, you know, we, we were uh, a part of the first Bottle Rock and we've, you know, been a part of it ever since, um, you know, with Joel Quigley that uh, does marketing for us. You know, he years ago got us uh, to be a part of Muse Expo, which is uh, just wonderful. It's down in LA and it helps uh, emerging artists being able from around the world, being able to kind of really find buyers. And, uh, you know, I grew up with my um, stepfather, John Lynn, that, you know, he used to, he was a musician. He still to this day manages small theaters. So I got to grow up, you know, being a part of uh, music. And so, you know, it's just being able to you know, make wine and, and, you know, get to be with other kind of artists and musicians. It, it's just really, it's, it's just a neat life. It is. Okay. What music do you most like to blast in the cellar? Uh, it's pretty funny. I, I, I had somebody ask about conversion rate for fermentation. And I told him that the reason that uh, our rates seem to be so high is because we always crank ACDC um, <laughs> during, during harvest. So definitely, you know, kind of an old, old, old rocker. It's probably the band I've seen the most. Um, but, you know, I, I've really grown up with, you know, um, you know, a lot of different types of music. But, uh, you know, rock and roll is, uh, you know, still definitely my first love. As I'm sitting here looking at a picture, you know, of uh, Led Zeppelin. Nice. Well, when I pour my next glass of Lloyd Chardonnay, I'm going to tune, turn on the ACDC <laughs> and blast it. <laughs> so, Rob, you've also been involved not just with music, but with art, especially through Jessup Sellers. And the way I got to know you was through an event I did with you and um, Jessup of surrounding art. But um, I did wine and perfume pairings. And um, I remember coming to um, do a presentation to you and the staff at Jessup about these pairings. And I was a little bit nervous, like, oh, my gosh, you know, Rob Lloyd, what's he going to think? Is he going to think this is crazy? But um, I was so delighted that you were totally open to it and um, enthusiastic. So I want to thank you for that. You know, it's just another form of expression, I guess, like art, music, perfume and wine. Well, most of, you know, taste is through 
olfactory smell. So, and you know, what you found out was I really was crazy. So it worked out perfect between the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, thank goodness for that. I was so relieved. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Hey, Rob, I know that you guys are with an eye towards summer and um, hopefully things lightening up and people getting back to normal and stuff. And you have, you mentioned earlier that, that last year was a busy year for you guys, but I know you guys have a uh, a Beat the Heat promotion that maybe you could tell us a little bit about. I think the idea is to encourage people to order wines before summer heat causes a shipping issue. Can you explain that shipping issue that happens with, you know, hot temperatures and trying to um, send wine uh, to ship wine? Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it really is just kind of reminding people to, you know, before it starts to get into the nineties and hundreds, it's, it's good to ship the wine. You know, we can ship, you know, overnight two day, but you know, wine still is, is a food product. Um, you know, I, go back to an old story when I was at Stag's Leap and someone called me up and said, uh, you know, I waited, you told me to wait five to 10 years to drink this wine and said, it'd be great. And it tastes terrible. And I said, I'm sorry. Well, what wine? He said, cast 23. I said, well, that's a fantastic wine. I said, well, where have you been aging it? He said, I've been, it's in my garage. And I said, where do you live? He said, Phoenix. Oh my God. <laughs> and my next question, I, I was only 23. So I think this guy uh, got away with it. I said, where's your milk? And he said, it's in the refrigerator. I said, how much did you pay for that milk? He said, $2. And I said, do you see where I'm going with this? You know, you paid, you paid a hundred dollars for that cabinet that you just aged in your garage. So the wine, <laughs> oh wine, you know, I mean, you, it is alcohol and, and it can withstand, but you know, the, the temperature fluctuations really affect the wine, especially even in your, you know, house. if the temperature is going up and down, it's really going to age that wine fast. So you know, the beat the heat is, you know, hey, you know, order some wine before it gets too hot out because, you know, there's certain parts of you know, the, the year where, I mean, we almost can't ship because it's too hot. We have to wait for that heat wave to pass. Sure. And what um, our listeners might not realize is that um, maybe they've ordered wine during the summer and when they get it, the cork might have been popping out of the um, bottle a little bit or even broken the foil. Uh, why does that happen? Uh, you know, I mean, liquid, it, it expands when it gets heated. And so, you know, it will expand and actually push through the cork. And um, that's kind of, you know, almost the same thing as seeing curdles in your milk. That's not a good sign. So you, the lesson of all this is you definitely want to drink, I mean, I'm sorry, you want to treat your wine as good as or better than your milk. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> At least. Yes. And it'll make you a lot happier, too. <laughs> this is true. As a child, I hated milk and I love wine now. So. <laughs> well, there you go. Hey, Rob, before we let you go, give us an update on what's happening right now at uh, at Lloyd Cellars and Prescription. What are you guys up to these days? Are you busy in the vineyards? Is it quiet? What's going on? Oh, I mean, the vineyard, this is so much fun. Now. We have, you know, bud break is just starting. So, you know, here we go again with the cycle. Um, you know, we didn't have too much rain this winter, so I, I, I think we're going to have a little bit smaller um, harvest, but it, it's just kind of fun. We just, you know, two weeks ago finished up bottling a bunch of Jessup Sauv Blanc and some of the, the Zinfandels, and, um, you know, we're going to be gearing up. You know, I just this morning was tasting the 2020 Lloyd Shard, and we, we don't have as much. The harvest was down by about a third, but uh, man, what we have is tasting fantastic. 
And another perk of the job at nine this morning, I was barrel tasting Chardonnays to see how they're doing. So my <laughs> life isn't too bad. <laughs> it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it. I, I, I put my hand up quickly. <laughs> so Rob, um, for our, our listeners, how can they find your wines? Where can we find Lloyd and Prescription Wines? Uh, you know, Lloyd and Prescription you know, are definitely available online. We're happy to ship you some. And um, you know, both wines are, are available. Uh, we're distributed, uh, I think, in about 30 different states now. So the easiest is just go online, be able to tell you kind of where you can find it. Or if not, we'll ship you some. I'm seeing them everywhere the, from this, my favorite supermarket to Total Wine. I just I, I keep seeing them and I, it makes me so happy because um, I'm a big fan of yours, Rob, and I uh, wish you continued success. So it's fun to see your wines on the shelf. Oh, well, we're happy to see our wines on the shelf, too. And we're even happier when people are drinking. <laughs> Absolutely. Because, you know, they're not, you know, they don't do anybody good on the shelf. They need to be on the table and corked and in the glass. In fact, I've got a Lloyd Chardonnay sitting here looking at me right now that might get popped fairly soon. All right. We'll get to it. We we need to let you go so you can do that. We don't want to hold you back. (laughs) Well, thank you, Mary and Mary. It's been a total pleasure, Rob. Thanks so much. Um, So fun getting to chat with you again. Give our best to Bonnie and the girls, including your uh, pup. <laughs> and um, and thank you again for being with us. Uh, cheers to you, Rob, and sip, sip, hooray. Sip, sip, hooray, Rob. Cheers, ladies. So, Mary B., I have just got to go to my refrigerator right now, get that bottle of Lloyd Chardonnay, pop the cork. I probably should have been drinking it while we were doing this, but I was trying to be good. <laughs> Oh, and you know me, I'm never good. So I've been enjoying my wine the entire time, the the Lloyd Chardonnay. And honestly, it is delicious. And I think everyone could tell from our conversation, Rob is just a truly nice and down to earth guy who has such a fun loving spirit. And darned if he doesn't make a really good Chardonnay. So um, you will probably see it in your local stores. Uh, we recommend you give it a try and see what you think. Prescription is also his. Sure. And, you know, we were talking about this Beat the Heat uh, campaign that they're doing for the month of April. And it's something you'll see all over Instagram. And um, since you're listening to our podcast, um, Rob has been generous with a discount code for our listeners. So um, if you go to lloydsellers.com, and um, you use the promo code hashtag beat the heat, then you will get um, their Instagram friends wine club member 10% off discount on any purchase through the end of the month through April 30th, 2021. But if you go for it and get at least a case, 12 bottles, then um, they'll give you $50 discount off of shipping, which is really awesome. Because, you know, for me, when I'm buying wine online, it's like you see the shipping cost. You know, this is one thing, you know, one barrier they're taking away from you. They're making it a little bit easier on your pocketbook. So, again, go to LloydSellers.com, hashtag beat the heat. Absolutely. And as we said earlier, you don't want to wait on those wines that you might want to drink when the weather gets warm. Don't wait because you can't ship them later. So it's um, certainly a delicious wine and beat the heat. Hashtag beat the heat is a way to save some money on it. 
So um, again, our thanks to Rob Lloyd for joining us on Sip, Sip, Hooray. And also thanks to you. We're so grateful you're here with us. And we hope if you like this podcast, you share it with your friends and tell them about us. You can find us uh, on social media. We are Sip, Sip, Hooray podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we would love to hear from you and love to interact with you about future show ideas or your reactions to the stuff we've done. And you can also see more information about this show and past episodes of Sip, Sip, Hooray at our website, sipsipparaypodcast.com. And, um, you know, we also want you to subscribe to our podcast wherever you do listen to podcasts because we've got a lot of great shows coming up and you don't want to miss a single one. Our goal is to find the nicest most interesting people making wine or in the wine business and bring their stories to you. So thanks for coming along for the ride. And Mary Orland, I'm going to get back to my Lloyd Chardonnay and uh, have a nice evening. I think and, and Mary B, I'm going to get started on my evening. It's five o'clock. <laughs> it's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> hey, Mary Orland, sip, sip, hooray. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.